Welcome to another episode of the Sons of Honarchy podcast with your hosts, Drunk Shy Sox fan and Hot Take Tommy. On today's episode, Steve-O and I put on the boxing gloves and step into the ring to fight over the future of Reynaldo Lopez and the reign of Tim Anderson at short. From there, we talk about what it's like to be a White Sox fan in this day and age, and we hear a Minoso Minute from Steve-O himself. All this presented to you by Mark Walters Media. Happy Tuesday, yes. post Labor Day. Yes. Getting back to work was rough after this well, long weekend for me. Honestly, getting away from work after this long weekend is great for me. I believe it. We you worked too much and I partied too much. <laughs> I drank way too much. I drank enough for a small village probably this past weekend. Oh, that sounds like a, a good old time. Well, what else are you time. supposed to do when the White Sox hand you no, a sweep right. at the hands of the Braves, oh right? Oh my God. They're playing out of their minds. They are really good. I will say this, though. Lucas Giolito is the next Shohei Otani. Okay. That, no. No, no, no. Mr. Hot Take Tommy coming in hot to Look at this, though. He comes out to the plate. Two men on. No, bases loaded. Bases loaded. No, no, bases weren't loaded. Two two runners in scoring position. Okay, so I was right. Second and third, two out. And trust me. So, obviously, I was at the game. Oh, yeah, no. You go ahead and steal my thunder. Let me tell you what I said to start off. Go, go, go. I said, right as Angle got on, I said... As I said it quite loudly. I said, nobody wants to see this shit. Nobody wants to see a pitcher try and swing the bat at a freaking baseball. <laughs> so go ahead, Mr. Next Shohei Otani right here. Well, he, and by he I mean the Lucas Giolito, SoCal pretty boy himself, mm-hmm. steps up to the pr- plate. I've had one and a half drinks, and I'm already over the edge. Burpee. And he steps up the plate. Beautiful, and I mean beautiful inside-out swing, drives that ball on a rope into right center field. Oh, just enough yep. to get both runs in. Man is the best DH we've had all year. Garen frickin' Teed. Best, even though he's not a DH. That's the most production. Well, That's just a pitcher hitting. I know this, I know this, but I'm putting it in, like, NL terms. Like, <laughs> the... What small sample size, obviously, Tom, right? But yes. no, 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 don't give me that small. Sa- Did you see the <laughs> swing that he put on that ball? Oh, trust me, I started to lose my shit, and then I started screaming from the 300 level. That's my ace, that's <laughs> my ace, Cy Gioito. <laughs> well, what really matters is that's the most production that we've got out of the nine spot all year, so it's true. That just says yeah, that says it all, man. Honestly, though. So we can do this. This there is precedent for it. Put him in the DH spot on his rest. So days. if you had it, you'd put you would put your man's Lucas Giolito. Dude, at DH it's September in a eighty-five loss season, and this is why no one takes you seriously, Mister. Dylan Covey and Carson Fulmer are going to make a comeback. <laughs> I did that. I put that out there intentionally to get a rise. You exactly what button you were pressing. Oh, yeah. I was so happy about it, too. I was like, ooh, I oh, have an God. opportunity to but piss But trust me, off. <laughs> I was pumped when Giolito hit that two-run single double. I think, yeah. And you'd be even more pumped if he did it tomorrow as the DH. That being, no. <laughs> that being said, he may have solidified... His place in me getting a shirtsy or yeah, possibly a jersey. I, I think you need it. So, um, next thing I needed to talk to you about is that Raylo is our next closer. Raylo's our next closer. You want to explain that one? Considering you couldn't get out of the first freaking inning All on Saturday. He needs, here's the here's the thing. <clears throat> that man made me drink myself into an oblivion. All we need from him is to for next year. He's just going to be setup guy for Colome, right? Year after that, after he proves his worth as a reliever, he's going to be our closer. Because Alex Kame will be out of a price range. I'll take Tommy over here saying that. And you know what? Because look, he doesn't have a good, he doesn't have a good secondary pitch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you on this one. 
Go ahead, continue. He doesn't have that great of a secondary pitch. In fact, he probably doesn't have a secondary pitch. No, he well, and we'll 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 we'll, 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 we'll his, get there. His slider, I guess. Right, I guess that's the thing. But he's got a plus plus fastball. Absolutely. And you just need him to control that fastball for one inning of work. So, do we want to talk about the future of Raylo right now, or are we going to hold off on that? Let's go there. Let's go there right now. Okay. Sam Bruns, savior of the audio. <laughs> so, oh my God! After all these technical difficulties Back after some def- and def- technical difficulties, us Woo. being pissed off about the White Sox, um, and then they, happy again. They are actually up six um, five. Bye, bye, Sam. Bye, fact check. Um. So, after all these technical difficulties, Tom, we're finally ready to roll and talk about how James McCann just saved Dylan Cease's start. Sure. We'll go with that. Yeah. Or Evan Marshall blowing it with that bomb. Yeah. No, so. You're right. You're right. But yep. what, were we were, what we were trying to talk about before we got here was Reynaldo Lopez and what his future is going to be. Right? right. Absolutely. So, Tom... As I've been calling, I've been calling this the curious case of Reynaldo Lopez. Right. So, first off, what are your thoughts on him this season so far? This season, he, well, let's take it from let's take it from a fact standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. The man's out here slumping in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. The only pitch that he's been consistent with is his fastball, right? Which he's throwing at you said sixty percent clip, right? About that, yeah. Sixty percent of the time he's throwing that four seam fastball, and that's the only pitch that's really working. And then on days that it's not working, he just like gets shelled, and he like can't get out of the first inning. It's like the inning that you saw, like yeah. the game that you saw. Absolutely. And then he has other days where he's got it working really well, and he's got five no hit innings. You know, and just misses it because he's got flu-like symptoms or whatever, you know. But Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, he's every other start at this point just getting shelled. Yeah, well, I mean, he... Yeah, I don't don't know what to think of him at this point. And obviously, I'm going to say... I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. It comes down to him developing another pitch, plain and simple. Um, the fastball is semi-successful, but if that's the only pitch that you're going to use, and I think I've said this before, if you're going to use it on a veteran hitter and you're just throwing fastball after fastball, right? a veteran hitter is going to be looking for a dead red fastball the if that's your go-to pitch. The lineup, he's going to be able to get it. And absolutely, even if it is being thrown in at 97, 98, where yeah. he's topping out, right? With, with movement, too. Mm-hmm. And like that's fantastic. But look, and uh, this is what it comes down to. You need to be more dependable. You need to be more consistent as a starter, right? Right. Every five days, you got to be the same guy. So speaking of dependability, how dependable do you think he can be? With the addition of a secondary... Well, here's, here's, the, here's my problem. I, I'm, I'm going to say he can't become a dependable starter. He cannot you're already writing that off. I'm I'm saying this is this is time to throw it in, to phone it in and say, "Look, thanks for thanks for playing. We'll get you next time." Right? Reason being, if you can't get a dependable secondary pitch down, then you can't you're never going to get a third option pitch. And really, I feel like in a starter's toolkit, you need two plus pitches. And a third option that you can outlet pass to. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you need a fastball slider or a fastball changeup, and a curveball or and a you know a cutter or like a different kind of fastball. You know, right? So maybe you're a cutter, two seamer, or a cutter, a four seamer, and a you know slider guy. Maybe that's what you are. But what we have is just a four seam fastball guy with a subpar slider right yeah 
Yeah, four-seam fastball guy. The slider is, has been, throughout the season, his second-best pitch, um, especially when it comes to limiting the big hits. Um, his changeup has improved since, I mean, that one statistic that popped up uh, during the game that we just saw. Uh, he's tied for the second yeah. least home run since July 1st. That's what's crazy about him. It's is optimistic. He's, he's not a bad pitcher. And I never, I've never said he's a bad pitcher. I won't say he's a bad pitcher. He's a bad starter, though. Do you see the difference? Yeah. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from. So you're com- And you get where I'm going, too, right? Go for it, Tom. I mean, you've already brought this up. He's tomorrow's closer. Tomorrow's closer, Tom. Good one. You don't think I joke. Wait, you don't think I'm serious? No, this is why nobody takes you seriously. This is why nobody takes me seriously? When I come out here with the only good option? Tell me the last starting pitcher turned closer. Uh, Chris Sale did it the other way around, so he can just flip back the other way. Just, just you never see that. You always see guys start in the bullpen and make their way into becoming starters. I mean... Oh, oh, oh I got one for you. Hector Santiago. He was a starter for us when he came up, and then he... He's w- never this a closer, last year. though. No, 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 that's fine, that's fine. He was a long relief guy, but look... If so you think Reynaldo Lopez is a long relief guy? No, I think he's a closer. I do. What's the matter with that? What's the matter with that? You put him in a, in a couple in a bullpen situation where he's a long reliever for a few for a few even like outings. Even and then someone you get who him kind of used to being in the bullpen, kind of get him in that groove. Let me give you a you Chicago move him up the White Sox example. Bobby Jenks. Even Bobby Jenks had to develop a breaking slider as an off-speed pitch to become a decent MLB closer for a few years, right? Yeah. Reynaldo Lopez is gonna have to do that and then some. I don't I don't I think he's closer than you think he is in getting that next pitch. I, I think, think you're just screwing around with him too much if you think he's a closer. He's an off season away from having a secondary pitch. A good secondary pitch. A lot of work in the offseason, mind you, yes, but he's an off season away. In addition to that too though, he has a really hard time I mean we talked about you know veteran hitters sitting dead right on his fastball. Yeah. Thus, like, why he's able to get not such great hitters out on it, but other good hitters. The Minnesota game, for example. Yeah. But in addition to that, he makes bad mistakes against guys he should be getting out. Um, he wasn't able to get the bottom of the Braves order out, which it's not terrible, but it's not a good bottom of the order. In addition, like Tyler um, I'm trying. Yeah, uh, I think Flowers started that game. Yeah. Nonetheless, but uh, when the he, bottom he of couldn't order get is highlighted by Tyler hit. Flowers and a pitcher, and you can't get them out exactly right, yes. and walking guys in Minnesota that he should have gotten out with two guys or with two outs, yeah. uh, he needs to get he he can't be giving up walks in those situations. No, so, as we've talked about before, it's gonna have to be <laughs> I think a breakdown of his mechanics. Something has to drastically change I think for Reynaldo Lopez to become a successful MLB pitcher. Yeah. And I hate for it to be that way, but I think that's what it's going to take. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm going to repeat myself and say he's got the stuff. He's got the chops to be a really good closer. He's He's got the fastball and the commi- and the movement on that fastball to just be like shut the door kind of talent. It's and uh, hey, maybe there's not precedent for putting it for moving somebody from starter to reliever in that sense. To like clutch relievers, just too? a whole change in mindset. I mean, think yeah. about how he couldn't even get three outs against Atlanta. Yeah, but look, he's in the he's, first. When inning. you're walking out there with a starter mindset, you, I, I mean, I just I think you get the the yips sometimes, and I think maybe that's what I think the complete. Maybe opposite. he's got a a. a uh, problem with the yips, and he's just got to get a few like what you, what, low. What are the yips. The yips are when you're in a high pressure situation and you can't follow through. So he doesn't follow through in high pressure situations. That's what we've noticed. So yeah. you want to move him to closer. Well, I so want to well, leave it there. Look, look at this. Look at this. You don't just go like, okay, you're not a starter. Go close the next game for us. You put him in bullpen situations for a full year. Have him be a bullpen guy. Just uh, So another year of perpetual rebuild. I love it. No, I'm not. <laughs> you're developing one arm. One arm 
and you're telling me that's a full-scale oh, rebuild? But it's everything. It's everything. It comes down to everything, and it's just another piece of the rebuild that really doesn't but need this to is be the rebuilt. Thing, Look, this is the thing. You're just going to throw out Reynaldo Lopez arms as... as in no, usable. You can't. I didn't say that. I the question I asked you. The question I asked you is how dependable do you think he is? I don't think he's dependable. I, I don't, don't think he's consistent. I don't, I don't think, think he's consistent. consistent you don't enough. need a consistent guy. I don't think we can write him off yet. I don't think you can. I don't think we can write him off yet as a starter. I'm I think he's still a bottom of the end rotation I guy. Mean, you're if you're the one who's saying that you're not ready for a rebuild again. If next people, year, I'm ready to sit, write him off and say you're not a if starter. People we need a real starter in there. Think that year two of a pitcher is is everything. Like if you see everything within two years, you're wrong. There's so many solid starters throughout MLB history that had a rough first or second year in the MLB. Okay. What about now, a rough first and second year? That's what I'm saying. A rough first and second year no, in you the said MLB. First or second. And or, okay? okay. Well, I, I thought I said and. We'll go back and check the tape. Yeah. Nonetheless, I don't think you can write him off quite yet. At the same time, I think if any fan thinks he's a two or a three uh, on a championship yeah. ball club, they're wrong. I think he's a bottom-of-the-end rotation guy, even if he develops just one, if he develops another pitch in the offseason. So we can agree on this. Get him to Camelback Ranch early and often. This offseason. For sure. Or wherever he's at, he's got to start working. He's got to start working. Curveball so. or bust, baby. Curveball or bust. Mark Walters Media is an outlet for Chicago's hottest up-and-coming hip-hop talent to express themselves visually with a professional edge. Whether you're looking to film your newest track or trying to find the hottest new talent, Mark Walters Media brings a unique cinematic feel to your music the way that you want to see it happen. To explore the work, follow Mark Walters Media on Instagram and Twitter or visit markwaltersmedia.com. Moving on to other guys. Yeah, let's go. You know who I'm bringing up next. I've had a bone to pick. I got a bone to pick. And you already know. You've known about this since day one. What's going on here? What am I, I? I'm not ready. So badly. I mentioned this so many times with my cousin on our trip to Atlanta and during the ball games we were watching. And it's funny because he just lined out to end the top of the okay. night. Okay. I want to love Tim Anderson so much. I want to love his I love his game. I love his swagger. I love how hard he hits the ball. I yeah. And at times, I really do love his ag- aggressive plate approach. Because yeah. at times, too, with his aggressive plate approach, he has been getting better at taking balls toward the end of this year. If you ask me, he's been working some counts okay. from what I've seen. With that being said, I'm not here to talk about his plate approach. I'm here to talk about his glove. It's awful. It's horrendous. And nobody can tell me otherwise. If somebody wants to tell me that things are going to be looking up for him in regards to his gloves, I'm going to tell them, prove it, especially if you want to maintain his bat, okay? So, defense has been horrendous this year. Like I just said, the value of his bat is amazing. Do we really think his defense is going to get better based on his history? Yes. How? His range is greater than... Hold on. His range is at league average. Hold on. His range is at league average. Look up the advanced statistics. The advanced statistics tell you that he is at league average range for a shortstop. So his range isn't that amazing. He makes ridiculous plays look really easy. But that being said, there are balls that he should also get to, and he loafs on it, or he just doesn't take the right angle or something. Or his glove's too high. Yes, okay. The man... Like, we can go back to it forever and ever. Until he's 30, we can still go back on this. He started playing baseball his, like, senior year of high school or something like that. But look at the trend, Tom. If his bat gets better, or uh, when his bat is high, when he's hitting well, his glove is terrible. The one season okay, where that his glove... you're gl- just getting that from the way that you're... No, no, no. That's no. the eye test that you're taking No. That Do you want me to look up the statistics really quick, the and we'll come back that to you it? Quote, I can quote you on all the time is um, 
progress is not linear, right? Development is development not linear. is not linear. Thank you. You can finish my sentences better than I can. Look, he's gonna be great in the box one night, bad on the field in the next night. D- great in the field one night, bad in the box the next night. You know, like this is the way it's going to be. And until he consistently sees pitches that are like hitters' pitches because the lineup is beefier, he's gonna have a hard time getting consistent, like consistent numbers right. instead of streaky numbers. I'm gonna put it into layman's terms for you because you you think that I just pulled that statement out of my ass about his. Did you bat listen being to good. anything I said after I said what I said? No, about because I'm focusing on no, you, you shooting you down my statement. You didn't listen to a I'm single word I said. Partially. I made one point and then started talking about a lot of other shit, and you didn't listen because to I want you to bring back the I damn point about you. the statistic. All right, fine. Go. You want me to bring it back to the statistic? Here we go. No, okay. I, I'm going to start correction, from. I did not want you to bring it back because but you know you, I'm you right. One thing I said does not discount every other oh, thing okay. I said. So here we go. I'm going to start from the season he started. Nine. He played 99 games. Okay. Right, I'm just gonna put it into layman's terms for you. I'm let not gonna go get into. into I'm not go gonna get into UZR into on defense. While you read these. I'm not gonna get into UZR. I'm not gonna get into anything difficult. Okay, I'm gonna just do it specifically by WAR. Currently, I'm 2016, in 2016, 99 games, negative one offensive WAR, 6.3 defensive WAR. 2017, negative 12.7 WAR, and then the defense was awful that year too. Negative seven WAR. Here we go. 2018, negative 7.9 offensive war, 7.2 defensive war. This year, 14.9 offensive war, negative 2.7 defensive war. You're taking year-long stats? Yes. I thought you were talking about month-long stretches. No, these are year by year. Okay, that's fixable. He's improved his bat in a big way this year. He goes and hits the field and gets some grounders in the offseason. So you think that they are two separate things. You think that Tim Anderson's bat will not slump if he works completely on his glove this offseason? No, because that's what Daniel Polka did, and look what happened to him. Right. Look at, I mean, and that's why they say, like, catchers, for example, right? That's why they don't want to project Zach Collins as a catcher, too, for some reasons. Because... If he plays first, his bat's going to be better. If he plays DH, his bat's going to be better. And that's the thing with Tim, too. If you take him out of the hardest f- place to play in the infield, his bat's going to stay solid. I'm not going to say he's going to hit 325 every year. I don't think that's realistic for him. I think that's his ceiling. At the same time, I think he can be a 300 hitter, especially with his aggressive play- plate approach. Yes. However, yes, the glove is the biggest concern for me. And I've got people on, here we go, here's shout out to White Sox Premium on Facebook. The, I have so many issues with some people in that group. That being said, they're all like, there's no reason to be worried about Tim Anderson. But there are game-costing errors that he has made this year. Yes. Game-costing errors on multiple occasions. In addition to that, I think part of it has to do with his baseball IQ. Uh, it's not, I, I guess IQ is the right word. Baseball IQ slash awareness. Yeah. I mean, Sunday's game against Atlanta was a perfect example. There was zero reason, Tom, for him to be stealing on that play. You're, I mean, you're right, but that's not his call either. No, it is. Apparently, he has been getting the green light from Ricky and from Nick Capra to steal when he wants to steal. That's what have we that's what I've been hearing from multiple sources. Okay. He took the bat out of Yoan's hands with two outs where he took a ball. But this is a learning experience for him, right? You're talking a rebuilding season, right? Now he knows not to pull that shit. I hope so. It's the second time he's done it a this wild year. Card game, right? It's the second time he's done it this year. But look, until somebody, a veteran, can step can pull him aside and say, "Look, look what you just did." And who's gonna do that? Especially with Tim, <laughs> I, I and that's my problem with Renteria, and that's my problem with the current coaching staff. I don't think anybody ever pulled him aside and talked to him. 
Ricky Renneria has pulled guys out for not hustling down the line or uh, quote-unquote loafing it. But then Tim Anderson makes a boneheaded mistake in a game where you are on the brink of being swept on the road and make it six straight losses, and he steals third there. And he's in the lineup the next day. That's where I'm at. And that's my problem with the management, but that's another discussion. Let's go here then. What if Rick Rentry is trying to say, like, we need something to spark us? And Tim Anderson says in that moment, this could spark us and really throw off the pitching staff if I steal on account that they don't expect it, right? And he thinks he has it. Yoan takes ball three right there. He's sprinting on the next pitch regardless. A bloop single, or literally a line drive single hit at 100 miles an hour to left field would have scored him. Yeah. So I don't understand the call. I, or I don't understand his mindset in stealing there. Let me get back to my original question. Go. If you don't mind. Go. Tim at shortstop. Is that where he's supposed to be? Tim in the starting lineup is where he's supposed to be. I won't disagree with that at all. Tim at shortstop, though. The fact that you're thinking about it actually has got... I, I'm glad you're thinking about it. I mean, here's the deal. If you can find somebody else who's a better long-term option, more power to you. Okay. But we have so many things to fix. You're being nitpicky at this point, right? Like you think it's too Tim Anderson okay. is a major league shortstop. He's one of the worst major league defensive shortstops. Yes, fine. Will he always be the worst major league defensive shortstop? I personally don't think so. But leave him where he's at. Focus on fixing the other problems in the organization. Focus on a number five starter. Or a fifth starter. It doesn't have to be a number five, number five starter. Get an ace and then move everybody down a spot. Whatever you have to do. Mm-hmm. Focus on a right fielder. Focus on a DH. Right? Those are three way more important things to fix. And you can't sign four guys in the offseason top dollar when you're the White Sox. I'm not saying top dollar, but improved. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm not saying top, you, not all of them top dollar, but improved, right? I, no, I think you no, could no, 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 improve. No, no, but I don't think that you can improve on the bat and the fielding at the same time at shortstop. There's not a shortstop out here in the market that's a better hitter and a better fielder. What are your thoughts? That's for sale. That is on discount too. Okay. Everybody's saying Tim to outfield. What about Tim second? Who you put in short? Leury. So, this is the great point that I want to bring up. Now, if the White... I'll judge if it's great or not. If the if the opportunity presents itself, if Cleveland doesn't sign Lindor... He will not be on a discount, though. The reason I'm why... I'm not saying he will be. So, you want to spend all... You want to push all your chips in the middle for a shortstop when we have a shortstop? I think he, to get a middle infielder, yes. To get a middle infielder. I think you'd still need a middle infielder. Because, to be quite honest with you, I like Nick Madrigal. When we look at a hitting aspect, he might not be everything that we're hoping. He's going to be a league average OPS guy. I've seen on uh, a lot of feeds recently, like, uh, package Madrigal sell high. There you go, right? That's, so that's a thought process, I'm not, too. I'm not so mad about that. let me be honest with you. If the opportunity for you now Francisco Lindor might be a stretch, but think about what how team, many other, how think many about other what team would shop for a Francisco Lindor. It would be like the Yankees, for example. So Francisco Lindor or, and, or uh, an Elvis Andrews. No, Elvis Andrews is not a better option. Or... Okay. Yes I'll, in the yes in, yes there, with the glove. Yes with the glove, but no with the bat. No, he's not a better option. He, arguably, he, I think he hits a lot same. better than you think. 
Or if the Yankees give up on him and they want Francisco Lindor, D.D. Gregorius. That could also be a stretch. I could be playing specu- too speculative And this is why head, I think it's yeah. nitpicky. Is like, look, we have other positions that are... You, there are better opportunities to fix. Like, there are more starting pitchers that are really high caliber out there that we could get. There are a lot more DHs out there that are high caliber that we can get. Or we can get somebody and then put them in that role that will be more successful than what we have. It'll be really difficult to convince the whole of White Sox Nation that replacing Tim Anderson is the right move. Uh, absolutely. But once again... And what what do you really want to do? Do you really want to alienate a fan base right now? If it means winning, On yes. the last year of a... I like I'm not going to back down from saying you're nitpicky and there are That's s- fair. there are so many if other things to fix. You're going to focus on Tim Anderson right I now. I won't argue Tim with Anderson. you saying it's nitpicky, but at the same time I'm worried in the long run that that's going to be an issue. Especially Let because we're already seeing the effects of it now. How many runs do you think he's cost? More than average, more than the average shortstop? Well above average. How many runs has he scored for the White Sox? A ton. And that's why he's a 2.6 war player. 2.6 war player. I'll leave sure. it at that. So, but once again, something to think about. How much better could he possibly be if you moved him in the long haul, too? Because I don't think, once again, if you keep him at short, I don't know if he's going to be a 300 hitter every year. You really think? This is this is the Yohan Moncada problem at short at second base. Yohan Moncada is really reactionary, right? You put him at second, and you have to wait for the ball to get to you, and he struggles. You don't necessarily have to wait for the ball to get to you. There are aggressive second basemen that play the position very well. Chase Utley is a perfect example. But you see where I, what I'm trying to say, though, is you could have the same problem you had with Yoan Moncada. Ozzy Albies, perfect example. You Sorry. could have the same problem that you had with Yoan Moncada at second with Tim Anderson times two. The man is... As aggressive, as reactionary. That's why he swings at the first but pitch. But he and once again, though, at the shortstop position, I think you have to. Uh, if if I'm being honest, you have to be more aggressive. And he, I think, yes. he feels the need to do that. He's out there trying to catch balls that are halfway into center field. Yeah. It's an issue. So I mean, it is an issue, but that's the position that he wants to play is the most aggressive position on the field, which is shortstop. And why is it about what Tim Anderson wants and not about what's going to help our team succeed? It's about what he's going to succeed at doing. If he's doing something he doesn't want to do on the field, he's not going to be successful. If Tim, if he, if you're starting somebody in a position that they don't want to be starting in, if how can you tell? If Tim's as much of a team player as I think you and I, if he, if he's about this ball club as much as you and I want to believe he is, I think he'd be willing to make the switch, especially if you're willing to put an all-star, and a perennial all-star, at that position instead. I'll leave. I'll leave my thoughts there. We could go on because obviously I'm heated about this, but I know I picked at your favorite player. I know that. Let's keep okay. What what's next on the list? Let's hit me hit me with a new topic so I don't, so I can not be angry at you. <laughs> we might need a minute. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> not every podcast, but a lot of times we like to take a moment and talk about baseball outside the lines, and we call this quick minute. The Minoso Minute. Reason being, we had a lovely man, Minnie Minoso, play for the White Sox. And Steve and I are specifically proud of him because he broke the color barrier in uh, baseball for Cuban-born players and uh, Latin-born players in general. So, Steve has quite the rant to go on today, and it is race-related. So... Yep. So strap in, folks. With that being said, I'll try to keep this as short as possible. Um, the White Sox just got done finishing up a series with the Atlanta Braves, as you know, something we've talked about. Uh, with that being said, I have a bone to pick with the tomahawk chop that is done at was done at Turner Field, now done at the SunTrust Park, which is on the northwest side of Atlanta. Here's where I'm at. Okay. Ultimately, I had a lot of people that came out on Twitter and said, 
this isn't that bad. Quit being a social justice warrior. You know, some Native American, uh, a lot of Native American tribes don't care about this sort of thing. There's a reason why they don't care about this sort of thing. It's because they have been an oppressed people and they have been a people that have had to deal with far bigger issues than people moving their arms up and down and doing a fake chant that is cultural appropriation at best, a very bad representation of something that is very true and real to their culture. In addition to that, what the reason why people get worked up usually over a certain topic is because they sit, especially people who are of my ethnicity and race, Caucasian, white, the reason why people of this background get so worked up is because it's easy to sit in this white privilege and say, oh, it doesn't hurt anybody. However, there are deeper meanings and implications and just falsehoods behind the tomahawk chop or anything that has to deal with somebody else's culture being misrepresented. I'll leave it there. With every cultural appropriation is a lie that's being perpetuated. Boom. It's so true. Here's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. We're out here. We're having a rough year. It's true. It's not been pretty. We that's what we've talked about this entire time. This whole the the whole time that we've been a podcast, we've talked about how it sucks to be a white. Not Sox just fan, this basically. episode. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. Um, but I, I mean, we're sitting here. We just we just cracked. Just cracked. A seven-game losing streak, but it doesn't mean it wasn't a seven-game losing streak. Um, we, I don't think we were tonight, but tomorrow we could be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. I think our our elimination number at this is point, one. Basically, are right, and it's September fourth. Yep, D- tomorrow will be September fourth when we're eliminated from playoff contention. That's depressing, right? Like even <laughs> like. That's so sad, right? <laughs> it's ridiculous. How's how sad is that? And and ready for college football season. Ooh, <laughs> Irish. And that's I think where everybody's at. It's like uh, we're ready for the season to be over, and that's the worst when you're in when you're basically ready for the season to be over before September hits. That's that's rough. Yeah, you know, um, just we we walk around, we we just we get steamrolled, steamrolled, absolutely steamrolled by good teams, you know. Twins just rigging and wrecked us at guaranteed rate, and the Braves just they just rolled over us. It was insane. Not to mention we can't close it out against good teams sometimes either. I mean, Miami took two out of three from yeah, us bad at home. <sighs> Miami, that Miami series, I was so excited for it because I was like that first game. Kansas City swept us on. At at KC this year. I mean, That's think about that. How bad it how bad do you have to be for KC to sweep you? Oh that was a gosh. four game set too. <sighs> but like, okay, so that's that's all that's a the whole mixed bag that we have, you know? Um do you this is the question that I'm building to, right? Do you take solace in knowing that we are not the O's, we're not the Rays, and we're not the Reds? Basically, are you happy that there's worse franchises to be fans of out there? I mean, the Reds are actually have a respectable record compared to the White Sox. Have a respectable record this year. They're still doing nothing, right? I mean, and they've been doing nothing. Systems outside of Senzel. Um, yeah, and th- that's the so thing. Like, as a Reds fan, to right answer now, you're you're part of a small fan base, and you're you've been losing the past 13, 14 years, and you're doing okay this year, but planning on losing the so next five, six years. Said, to answer your question, um, if you would have asked me this question last year at this time, I would have said yes. Right, right now, 
no. Hmm. I I can't because there was this this hope and this this build up to the White Sox are gonna be okay in like bet not good but okay ish in 2019 and 2020 is really gonna be the year that they're gonna make a run for the playoffs yeah. and, and if you ask me right now especially if you look at the lineup they're not a playoff ball club next year no not a chance um that's one reason the second is because of this trust the prospects movement there's been so much emphasis on how these guys are going to be so good right. i mean we talk every time we talk to dan victor we should get him back on because oh, yeah. number one he's brilliant number two he gets my hopes up yeah he does um because there's so much talent the problem is if we look at the talent in the White Sox system compared to the talent that's developing in, say, like the Atlanta Brave system yeah. or the talent in San Diego system or Tampa Bay even, um, who's uh, I, I can't believe how good Wander Franco is going to be. That being said, <laughs> um, I'm just not optimistic because mm. we look at – our minor league system, and there's so many questions still. Yeah, is Nick Madrigal going to have an OPS that's above league average? Like that—that's one of the big questions, right? Is He's gonna have an average that's right? above league average for sure, right? Um, because of his ag- aggressive play- plate approach, right? Like he's going to like. Babbitt, like he's gonna have to depend highly on Babbitt because yeah. he puts the ball into play over ninety five percent of the time. Yeah, literally puts the ball into play ninety five percent of the time, which is cool. It's crazy. He, it's unlike anything that we see in this modern day. Yes. Um. More question marks. Andrew Vaughn is he going with his yeah. age? Like that's the one thing about drafting a a, col- a developed college bat right. is yeah be he lo- he looks like the best bat. But that being said, he should be up quicker, right? And yep. he's still in Winston-Salem. Yep. Um, now I'm getting some question marks now about, you know, like a guy like Gavin Sheets, who has progressed so well throughout this season in our minor league system, yep. and he's been raking the ball. You got rid of a coach in Matt Lyle. The White Sox got rid of Matt Lyle as their hitting analytics guy. And now we're looking at a guy who, like Gavin Sheets, who benefited from that so much. Yeah. Is he going to be able to take the tools that he learned and continue to put those into play in AAA next year and hopefully eventually in the pros? Yeah. Uh, and injuries. I haven't even brought up injuries, injuries right? Are, you've got oh Mike Rodolfo. You've got Dane Dunning, who I thought, if you would have asked me last year, I'd be like, Dane Dunning's going to be the best piece of this Adam Eaton deal. Right. Um, so... There's no saying if he's going to be able to come back. Yeah. There never is. And first-round draft picks like Jake Berger. Yep. I mean, it's just so many question marks when it comes to prospects. Carson Fulmer. S- that's not that an injury. That might not be a question mark. Yeah. That and that's not an injury a, either. Yeah. With that being said, too, it's just so many things that you're unsure of, and I'm just too unsure at this point to take solace. Well, that was quite the rant. But, but I hear you. And th- that's th- that's the thing. This is a safe space, Steve. Until I bring up Tim Anderson. Until you bring up Tim Anderson, in which case I'm going to shoot you the hell down. Um, yeah, man. I just it's it's tough to it's tough for me to watch a game because I was I was looking at Ray's highlights, like basically like wanting for a winning season. And like looking at G Man Choi and like Tommy Pham and mm-hmm. just like just good players, good baseball players. And then I looked in the stands and I was like, yo, if the White Sox had 81 wins before September hit, the ballpark would be sold out. Absolutely. Like almost every night. And that's where I take solace in terms of look, it's still a Chicago team. There are a lot of White Sox fans out there, closet or not, committed or not. There are a lot of White Sox fans out there. Yeah, Th- this is what I'm getting at, though. Is like we're not the we're not the O's, we're not the Reds, and we're not the freaking Rays. Because when we're gonna when we inevitably become a good baseball team again, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be electric to be at the ballpark. 
the question marks remain whether or not this rebuild is the one that takes us all the way to the promised land, right? Mm-hmm. I like the way you put that. That's really good. I don't know if this is going to be the, the time that we get to get all the way, but will we be a good team? Probably, you know? Yeah. I mean, think about the 90s Atlanta Braves. They right. were so good, right? So good. Multiple pennants. Yeah. Decade of dominance in the a- or in the NL East yep. and basically throughout the NL. How many World Series did they win? One. Oh, I didn't even think they They won one. I didn't think they even got yeah. one. Yeah. One single World Series. And that's and uh, hey, what I would genuinely I would be happy with one. Well, not even. I was gonna say. See, <laughs> oh God! And that's the problem. I'm the just bar? like, how low is the bar? I think that's the biggest problem I, too. I just want to watch. I want to watch a winning season. How depressing is that? I wanna, it's I been see too the long. White Sox over 500. That's my. That would be glorious for me. That would be making it. <laughs> that's crazy to me. But it's I mean, so sad. I, as soon as that happens, I know I'll change my tune and be like, all I need is a playoff berth. And then from there, all I need is an, a playoff um, series win. And from there, it's all I need is a you know World Series. It, it'll build. But for now, all I want is winning baseball. You know? Right. And I, I genuinely believe in this team ride with us or get run over, you know, I'm, I'm there. But I also, I think we need to add mm-hmm. in the three roles that I mentioned, not at shortstop, you jag off. I think you just have to, go ahead, I'll let you finish. And from, from if we add a DH, if we add a right fielder, and if we add another starter, For I sure. think we are just about there. Those are the three main areas of need, for sure. I think we're just about there if we add in those areas. And from there from from 2020 on, you know, it's it's it looks uphill. It just it does. Question marks aside, we're supposed to get better. And uh, being that it's September, it's about that time to start talking about the next season, you mm-hmm. know, which sucks that we're in that position. But this is the exciting part. If we were the Reds, next season is a depressing dumpster fire. If we were the Orioles, the next 10 years look like a depressing dumpster fire. Right. And I would honestly just be hanging up my ball cap for a Ravens cap like 10 weeks ago, you know. And then if we were the Rays, we wouldn't be baseball fans because Rays fans don't exist. So that's that's where I take my solace, you know. It's it's in terms of next year is still more exciting than this year. That's a big deal. I'm really hoping next year's more. I mean, I was thinking this year was going to be more exciting than last year. It, I don't it, technically speaking it is. I mean, by winning more ball games? Yes. I mean, I expected it. I expected well, to win more ball games. Well, that's that's the point. Year. I think that's the we problem technically too. Technically is did better. Just the hopes were higher. Just doesn't seem like it. It doesn't. I, I'm. It depends on how September goes. In my opinion, it depends on how September goes. Even if this team finishes with seventy wins, I'm not content. I'm not. Uh, for for this year's standpoint, it's just I can't take solace in that. And yeah, it's gonna take pieces. I I want to emphasize your point in saying it's going to take pieces and I'll hold off on this for next podcast especially once we get closer yeah. to the playoffs yeah but it takes multiple guys hitting above league average in order for you to succeed in the playoffs and I will go far more in depth with Math that later checks out you need more than one guy doing better than average let me break it down for you right now this year <laughs> it's a Brayu. McCann, T.A., and Yoan. Those are the only four members of your starting lineup that have an OPS higher than the league average. Whereas e- even Eloy is I below would die that. For. Even Eloy is below that. 
Now, I think you swap next year, Aloy with McCann, and you you have four guys still. Because I don't think McCann is sustainable. Long for this. Well, yeah, it's not long for this world to have the streak that he's on. Yeah. Oof. That was a heavy topic. Woof is right because, yeah, you're just you're a far more optimistic person than me, and I think a lot of that comes down to the fact that I just have seen this team. I I was in the thick. I feel like I was in the thick of it Mm. a long time ago. And I remember 2005 and 2006 and even 2008 pretty vividly. And it's hard for me to wrap my head around how far we've fallen off since then. One more hot take for a good mood swing. (laughs) Every night I'm looking forward to Renteria getting thrown out because he only needs three more ejections to break the record. Do you think that's what he's going for? I think that's what I'm going for. I, I need to <laughs> Rick, see that. Ricky wants a record-breaking we, year. We need a record-breaking year in some way, shape, or form. Oh, man. Yikes. Still the man for the job, huh, Tom? I'm cheering for every Renteria ejection, and I think he's going to break that. Totally eludes the question. <laughs> he's breaking He's breaking the record. Totally year. eludes the question. And I will continue to do so until next season. Yikes. Well, Tom, this is this is our time. Any last thoughts? Rebuild or bust. And on we trust. Have a good one, folks. You better not give me Jack, cause I will start a fight. <laughs> <laughs> We live we on li- some porches <laughs> and drink a lot of bush light because that's all you can afford when you're on minimum wage. And there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was trying to get there somehow. <laughs> Made it work.